It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It's my favorite holiday. Halloween, welcome to it. Yeah, I know Christmas and all the other holidays. Those are kind of cool, too. But uh, Halloween, I mean, this is it for me. So, all right, we have a lot to cover today. I will get into the story as I piled up for you. But first, I wanted to get this off of my chest just before I start the day here. Because it's Halloween, it has always been one of those holidays that gets picked on a lot. They all do. I mean, you can't even have Thanksgiving without somebody saying, well, that's a racist holiday or something. Halloween, no matter what you do, somebody is somebody out there is going to pick on you for, you can't wear that costume, that's cultural appropriation. You can't wear that one because it might be offensive. That costume might trigger people. Are you actually dressed up with, in a costume where you have a, a gun or other weapons? blood and gore, things like this. You know the types. Then they got to get on your case about the candy. But you got to watch out because, you know, that's bad for your teeth, bad for your health in general with all of that candy. Who knows if somebody rigged or spiked the candy out there. There's all sorts of dangers for the kids. I mean, the list goes on and on. News media having to find something controversial, of course, will hype all of this nonsense. All right. So no matter what you do, somebody out there is complaining about Halloween, well, any holiday, but Halloween, and why we just shouldn't be doing this. From the religious right to the radical left, all oh, they just hate this holiday. The answer for me is, yeah, ignore it all. Go put on something freaky, go out and have a good time. Even the story that I was reading yesterday, so big controversy lately has been, how old is too old to go trick-or-treating? I was talking to Frank Gambino about this yesterday. As far as I'm concerned, if you show up at my door in a costume and say trick-or-treat, you're getting candy. Okay? I'm just going to go ahead and give you candy because you're playing the game. I don't really care how old you are. Now, as far as the parents, uh, this to me, this is the sticky point now. If you have an infant who is too young to eat candy, you dress your infant up and you pull up and say trick-or-treat for the infant. Well, great, but are you wearing a costume? Because let's face it, you're using the infant to get candy for yourself. You can't feed it to that kid. You want candy? You're going to have to be wearing a costume. And in the past... I've done this. I've had kids, uh, teenagers, show up at my door, not even wearing a costume. They just knocked at the door and just stood there smiling, waiting for candy. And I said, go put a costume on and come back, and I'll be happy to give you some. And I shut the door. You got to play the game here. All right. So for all of the people, and you got to see this, you already have. Leading up yesterday, of course, if you were watching any kind of news. And today, on the ridiculously large television that they have in the studio with me, there are all sorts of stories already popping up on the news. But, well, Halloween, here's what you need to be concerned about. And, yes, as I was researching and doing news, of course, here comes all sorts of nonsense. Again, from the religious right to the radical left. 
why we shouldn't be doing this whole Halloween thing and what is dangerous and a cultural appropriation and inappropriate and so on. So go put on something freaky and have yourself a good time, which is the point of Halloween. And not just getting candy and partying, but pranking people. You know the thing I miss about Halloween as a kid? Bobbing for grapes. No, the pranks and tricks. Yeah, I remember those days well. We used to always go pumpkin smashing. Yeah, so we would go around with like a fresh pumpkin and we would plug up all the jack-o'-lantern holes that they made, like cut a triangle out and put it in the eye. Classic. Well, uh, we also did a bunch of egging. We, well, we did, like, we would cook the eggs and make, like, a French omelet and then, like, plate it up real nice and put it on their doorstep just because of salmonella and stuff. We also did a ding-dong ditching. Uh, what's that one? Where you ring the doorbell and run away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Well, I guess we would do, like, a ding-dong douse. We would board up their doors and windows and cut their phone line, and we would douse their front lawn in kerosene and light it on fire. And, like, all they could do was watch. Happy Halloween, we'd be like. But, dude, ding-dong ditch? I wish we'd thought of that. Jesse, you know, it depends on, you know, how far you take it, I guess. Watch out for the socialists. done really well for yourself. Yeah, yeah, I've been walking all over the neighborhood farther than anyone else. Hey, what, what, what are you doing? Get my candy. Oh, you didn't earn that. Sharing is caring, you know. There are kids out there who are less fortunate and can't afford a costume this year. Yeah, well, they can go out and mow lawns and earn money like, like I did. Here you go, kid. They weren't out there trick-or-treating. But they're the less fortunate. But they never left the house. I did all the work. Well, and you know, I'm afraid there's just not enough here. We're going to have to ask you to go out and get some more. But, but, be back by nine. That's bedtime. See you later. Okay, so Jim in Casper has just asked the store. Well, he's asked, I think, an obvious question. Since I'll take anybody of any age for trick-or-treating, just, you just got to play the game. Wear the costume, trick-or-treat, right? So he asked, does that include kids our age? Yes, Jim, you can show up in a wheelchair and a walker, whatever. I'm okay. I mean, we just have bigger toys, right? Well, instead of giving you, Jim, especially people who are diabetic and so on, uh, those little candy bars. No, instead you get a can of Ensure. Yeah, that's a delicious chocolate drink with all of the vitamins and minerals needed for old people like you. So that's what we'll go. Other than that, uh, no, it's the same thing. If you showed up and, and asked, you said trick or treat, you know, now I'll give you a, a little candy bar. Now here's the thing though. Um, we only have so much candy this year. We don't get many trick-or-treaters at our house because of where the house is located, right? And so one year, actually for two years in a row, nobody showed up just because of where we are. They just assume it's useless to trick-or-treat on that road. But here we are. So one kid showed up, and we didn't have any candy. But because I'm across the street from a golf course... and we have loads of golf balls that get hit into our front yard. We asked the kid instead... 
would you like a golf ball? And the parents rolled their eyes like, oh, come on, you got to be kidding. The kid thought it was absolutely hysterical and said, yes, I would love a golf ball. So the kid got a golf ball that year. Jim wants to dress up like a pilot. Well, it depends now, Jim, because if you're dressing up like a, a general aviation pilot, then basically you just wear what you're wearing now. I don't know. Let's step up. No, that's not going to work. Let's step up your game just a little bit on that, okay? I could. There's other things you could dress up, which I think would be absolutely hysterical, Jim. But I'm just not going to say it on the air. Wyoming mobile app. 622 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. All right. I do have some legit news to go through today besides a lot of the other garbage that I'm going to give to you. Well, the garbage is because it's my favorite holiday, so I'm going to go ahead. But all right. Um, there's a lot of reasons that I don't trust the United Nations. A whole long list. I can spend an entire week talking about why I just don't trust the garbage that comes out of the United Nations. It's one of those things where it began as a good idea, but look what it's become. And you might remember, for those who know their history, before the United Nations, there was a thing called the League of Nations. And they fell apart for the same reasons that the United Nations is now a mess. Basically, they canceled the League of Nations and then created the United Nations in the hope of doing just a reset, just slam that reset button. All right. They have their Human Rights Commission, and over the decades, some of the worst possible countries have chaired the Human Rights Commission. Now, it's Iran's turn. Yeah, I know, you heard that. United Nations can't muster enough votes, the story says, in the General Assembly to denounce the rape and murder and torture and kidnapping of innocent civilians. So... You might think that puts a dent into the claims of moral authority. He says you, you would be wrong because the countries who wouldn't vote to condemn Hamas think that the terrorism was justified and the countries who voted to condemn Hamas don't have the courage to admit that barbarians run much of the world right about now. So the U.N., the story says, is a ridiculous institution. Boy, I agree with that. It's a farce. It exists mainly for two reasons. One, to provide a convenient excuse to graft a uh, paid vacations to New York or for third world dictators and other parts of the world as they have meetings in other parts of the world. All expenses paid trip. All expenses. 
and also a place to have secret negotiations with adversaries that couldn't take place anywhere else. So, okay. Case in point, the upcoming chair of the UN Human Rights Commission is the Islamic Republic of Iran. Yeah, you heard that. Every time I read that, I stop and think, am I actually reading that right? Yeah, I am. Iran keeps killing its young women for having the courage to not wear a headscarf. They kill them for that. So it knows nothing of protecting human rights. I really, for, for those people in the alternate sexuality community who would like to defend Hamas, I'd like to remind you that literally Hamas would throw you from a rooftop to your death. I know because they've done this. The story says we're also talking about the same Iran, which is currently funding Hamas, which may explain why the United Nations can't gin up the courage to condemn Hamas as terrorism. Their moral compasses, well. So, okay. There are 78 countries that voted against condemning a terrorist attack by Hamas. Keep in mind, American tax dollars pay nearly 30% of the U.N.'s budget. Which is why on the very few occasions over the United Nations history, just been a few occasions where the United States has decided we're just not going to pay anymore. We're done. We're just not going to pay into this anymore and held back the money. Unfortunately, we eventually caved in and not only started to pay our dues, but caught up to what we had held back, which is just stupid. But we pay here in the United States, we pay about 30% of the United Nations budget. Now, if anything... I'm with a lot of people. I would love to see we no longer pay and we kick the United Nations out of New York. You just go do this somewhere else because we're done with you. If Iran is going to chair the Human Rights Commission, then maybe we're just done with you. Story says Iran is arguably one of the worst abusers of human rights in the world today. Although it has serious competitors, Libya... Yeah, and and also, well, in Libya and other parts of that region have still ongoing slavery, including child slavery going on to this day. Oh, let's not forget North Korea. I can name a few others, but you get the idea. So many of our elite institutions today are shams existing solely for the benefit of just helping these global elites pat themselves on the back and they fill their pockets with a lot of money, which, by the way, 30% of that money comes from the United States. This has not been the first time a country like Iran has chaired the Human Rights Council at the United Nations, showing what a joke the UN is. Ayati John, morning, Glenn, barbarians have always controlled a lot of the planet. That's true. No, it's true. Barbarians have always controlled a lot of the planet. That's true. It's, I think, difficult at times for me. I'd sit here and scratch my head wondering, but why, considering what the United Nations is supposed to be, why is that allowed? And the answer is because most of the countries are barbaric countries, then they're controlling the UN and they can go ahead and make Iran head of the Human Rights Council. But again, see, it shows to me what a farce the United Nations is, which is why... I've I've seen all my life bumper stickers. Get us out of the UN now. And I look at that and think, yeah, I'm pretty much with that. Just stop paying our dues. Tell them uh, we're closing that building. 
You can go ahead and have your United Nations meetings somewhere else. Obviously, if they want to know why, point to the current chair of the Human Rights Council as one of many examples. Coming up on some local news, we have to take care of it. Right after local news, update on your weather forecast, and you and I get back into it again. Triple A ninety seven Woods, the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. It's going to be cool out there for Halloween, but by Wyoming standards, not cold. Your kids are used to it. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods. More stimulating than that first cup of coffee. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Six thirty-six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It's uh, Halloween. Uh, the forecast, the extended forecast for trick or treat and all that, is coming up with Don Day in just a couple of minutes from now. Six forty-five is when he does that. So, apparently, hey Colorado, you're up here. Colorado's Secretary of State Jenna Griswold on Monday on CNN News Central said there have been real questions about whether the Constitution for disqualifying former President Donald Trump from running for president for being seated in office. So uh, anchor John Berman said in Denver, court proceedings are underway and are looking at, uh, well, right now, if Section 3 of the 14th Amendment should keep Donald Trump from running for president of the United States. Now, they're saying, and a couple of states doing this, Colorado's one of them, they're saying, well, it's because uh, he incited insurrection. Okay. But he has to be convicted of this. Hmm? He actually has to be convicted of this. So, okay, the Constitution shall have... In, he can't run for president if he is uh, endangered in insurrection or rebellion against the same, etc., etc., says the Constitution. So, okay. That's what they want to go ahead and... Well, they want to make sure that the... Uh, next ballot in at least Colorado, Donald Trump is not on the ballot because of that. But again, I'll add to you have to actually convict him of this. I know that there's people in Colorado who believe that he did. But until he's convicted of it in a court of law, he didn't. So we'll see how this works out. There, again, there's more than one state trying to do this. So this lady, the Secretary of State, of Colorado said, I will follow whatever the court determination is in its place and time when it comes time to certify the ballot. I do believe that Donald Trump is guilty of insurrection, she said. So she says, the Secretary of State says, I believe that that's the case, that Donald Trump incited insurrection. But again, the court, and I'm glad to hear that at least she will do what the court says, the court has to convict him of it. She added, so did his action rise to the level of disqualification? And who gets to determine that? It is, is it me? Is it the court? Well, the, there's an answer to that. Who gets to determine that is the courts. Because until he's found guilty of it in a court of law, he didn't do it. And he hasn't been found guilty of that. Whatever your opinion of Trump is, until he's found guilty of that in the court of law, he didn't do that. 
Would it bar him from ballot access or just being seated in the office of if he's disqualified, she asks. There is disagreement. So you might be able to put him on the ballot, but then you can't seat him as president. So there's disagreement, she said, and this is why it's appropriate for the courts to weigh in right now. All right, Colorado. If that's what you want to do, and again, Colorado is not the only state that wants to do this. But until we'll see if if it's settled in one state, it should because it'll be a federal court, I believe, that settles it. It should count then for every single state that's out there. But this is something that needs to be settled right now for those who want to make sure Donald Trump doesn't get to be on the ballot. They're doing anything they can to make sure that he can't even run or can't even be on the ballot. My attitude is until he's found guilty of something, he can go ahead and run if he wants to. He's a citizen of this country that has not been found guilty of anything that would prevent him from running for president. Whatever your opinion of Trump is, he has not been found guilty in a court of law of anything. Therefore, if he wants to run, he's allowed to. If he gets on the ballot in a legit way, he's allowed to. And if he wins that election, then he's the president again until somebody actually finds him guilty of something that disqualifies him. That hasn't happened yet. So, I look, at least in the Secretary of State in Colorado is saying, I'll do whatever the court said. My only concern here is, well, who gets to decide this? Well, you should know. You're the Secretary of State. You should know who gets to decide this. Because do I get to? Does the court? The court does. And I haven't seen a trial on this yet. I know you haven't either. There hasn't been one. So it doesn't matter what the pundits say. It doesn't matter what the activists say. It doesn't matter what the politicians say. This is something strictly for the courts right now. That last I heard, there's two states that want to disqualify Trump if. If he, and I think he would, uh, wins in the case of Colorado, he hasn't been found guilty, therefore he's on the ballot, that should count for every state out there who has the same idea. And Trump should be on the ballot in all states as long as, and so far it looks like he can, he can muster enough uh, votes. I know each state has its own criteria for what it takes to get on the ballot. So as as long as he passes that criteria, he should be on all ballots. All right. So what's it going to be like out there trick-or-treating? I know the parents stay in the nice warm car. The kids have to go out. That's fine. Let's wake up Wyoming. If it matters in Wyoming, it matters to wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Call Glenn at 888-97-WOODS and make your voice heard. AM 1030, K2 Radio. Six forty-eight. The time it's wake up, Wyoming. It is officially uh, Halloween, so off we go to the crypt where they're really freaky uh, and scary. Uh, well, sportscaster sitting here behind his cobweb microphone. Morning, Frank. You know what? And, that, and that's without a costume, by the way. Yeah. By the way, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so. Yeah. This is my favorite holiday officially, oh, of just course, so you know. I know. Yeah, it's, okay, this is it. And I've provided the freaky hallway for you there with all of the candy that oh, you've been yeah, enjoying, which, yeah. by the way, disappears tomorrow. Oh, come on, man. No, we're done. That's it. No. No, I got kids to feed Halloween candy to. You can take what's what you can left of it, you know, if, if you want. Other than that, uh, we start with uh, healthier food tomorrow. 
<laughs> I'll right. lay a banana out there. Yeah, for you. okay. Something like that. You know what? That so. means I'm just going to have to go and get my own tonight. Yeah, it's okay. You know, put on a costume, walk around. Yeah, gotta, you know my I rules. Figure out what I what I can be. Yeah, it's okay. It just be like a radio personality. Yeah, that's scary yeah, enough. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is, yeah. Okay, so I did come up with a whole bunch of reasons. There, there's what you have, a guy Ian, for example, that we work with, who's afraid of clowns. Right? Is he? Yes. So why, why, why clowns used to be cool? They used to be, but then I started looking into. There is a thing called clown phobia. Oh, a lot of people are afraid of them. What? That's well, nonsense. Let's take a look at it. The uh, movie It by Stephen King. Okay, uh, that's one reason right there. Uh, they, oh, they, then we have the problem with the Joker and Harley Quinn from the Batman comics. Clowns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, that gets freaky enough. If that wasn't bad enough, if you know about the serial killer John Wayne Gacy. Oh, yes. Yeah, okay. Pogo the Clown. Yeah, he he dressed up as the clown. Yeah, and he, he even said clowns can get away with anything. So doesn't this just sort of ruin the whole clown thing? And then there's Chucky. Chucky? What did Chucky? Oh, that's right. Yeah, Chucky was a clown. Yeah. Chucky, okay. Chucky, I think, started this whole thing. Yes. Okay, well, no, I think it goes back further than that. In fact, to me, when I go back and take a look at, again, the Joker from the Batman comics, he's a clown. Yes. Okay, so clowns can get really freaky and creepy. And then they walk up, get in your face, and they honk that horn. That just completely freaks everybody out. Exactly. College football, the Wyoming Cowboys will try and pick up the pieces after a dismal effort in their 32-7 road loss to Boise State on Saturday. Really, nobody saw a performance like this coming where it was just playing poor top to bottom, and the loss dropped the folks to 5-3 and three overall, 2-2 two and two in Mountain West Conference play. Barring a complete collapse from some other teams in the league, the Cowboys played themselves out of the Mountain West Conference Championship. Against Boise State, the offense was anemic, just 112 yards total. The defense was repeatedly gouged by the Bronco running game, plus the defense did not register a sack. Now, what better game to rebound from a disaster like that than the border war with Colorado State? That's in Laramie on Friday. No motivational speeches should be needed for a game like that, which will start at 6 p.m. in Laramie on Friday night. In high school football, the playoffs resume on Friday and Saturday statewide with the semifinal round in 4A. Cheyenne East will host Detroit on Saturday afternoon at 1. Sheridan will host Thunder Basin at 6 p.m. on Friday. In 3A, Evanston will be at Cody at 7 p.m. on Friday. Buffalo will be at Star Valley and Afton on Friday at 5 p.m. Over in 2A, Torrington will go to Mountain View at 2 p.m. on Friday. Bighorn will play host to Lyman at noon on Friday. Over in 1A, Nine Man Southeast will be at Wind River Friday at 2. Big Piney will travel to Lingle Fort Laramie for a 1 p.m. game on Saturday. Then there's 1A, Six Man. Dubois will be at Little Snake River and Bags at 2 p.m. on Friday. And Campman will be at Burlington also on Friday at 2 p.m. And the same high school volleyball tournament will start on Thursday at the Ford Center in Foray. The two number one seeds are Thunder Basin and Cody. Thunder Basin will play Riverton in the first round at Thursday at 1 p.m. Cody plays Cheyenne East at 6. Also in Foray, Kelly Walsh plays Campbell County at 2.30. Laramie will meet Star Valley at 4.30. In 3A, Buffalo and Powell are the number one seeds. Buffalo plays Worland in the first round Thursday at 1 in the afternoon. Powell will take on Torrington at 6.30. Also in 3A, Mountain View versus Wheatland at 2.30. Douglas will play Lyman at 4.30. In 2A, Bighorn and Grable earn number one seeds. Bighorn will draw Big Piney at 1 p.m. on Thursday. Grable entertains Pine Bluffs at 6. Also in 2A, Rocky Mountain versus Tongue River at 2.30. And Burns will tangle with Shoshone at 4.30. Finally in 1A, the number one seeds here are Upton and Cokeville. Upton plays Riverside at 1. Cokeville versus Guernsey at 6. And then at 1A, at all
also in 1A. Little Snake River versus Hewlett at 2.30. And Southeast plays Burlington at 4.30. The semifinals of the State High School Volleyball Tournament will be on Friday. And the championship matches will be on Saturday at 4.30 at the Ford Center. I forget who won the last border war. I'm, I'm hoping Wyoming did. No, the last one? Yeah. They did? I hope. You hope? You don't I remember? Got, no. Okay, I don't remember either. It's too early in the morning for that. Yeah, okay. I always think Wyoming wins the border. Yeah, okay, well, always. Okay, there's so, no, there's no, there's no question about it. Okay, so now when's this game again? Friday. Friday. What time? Six p.m. Whose place? Laramie, Wyoming. Laramie, Wyoming's doing it this time. Yeah. Don't they switch off every year? Yes, they do. Okay. Well, so they, they did. They're supposed to. They, they're supposed they, to. There yeah. was a COVID thing where they I think oh, they played two, that's years, right. two years. Yeah. So it's our turn this time. Yeah. All right. So all right. That ought to be a great tailgate yes, party. Yeah, there's a great tailgating party, and it's a great way to rebound from a horrible game. A horrible game last time. All right, take thank it out you on for these guys. Coming up on some local business, we got to take care. We're going to roll into news time after that. Wake up, Wyoming. My monster from his slab began to rise, and suddenly, to my surprise, he did the match. He did the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. He did the match. It caught on in a flash. He did the match. He did the monster match. Seven on six the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name's Linwood. Thanks for joining me. Got one guest in the eight o'clock hour, and that is you and me all the way through. By the way. I put up an article this morning on the Wake Up Wyoming site, which I'm, uh, Mary, I approve of your rewording there. She changed the title a little bit, and I thought, no, that works out a whole lot better. Title of the article is, Why Would, Why Wyoming Wouldn't Sweat a Zombie Apocalypse. So, I was thinking about this, because this is the season where, of course, a lot of different types of horror shows come on television, and here come the zombie movies, right? And I was looking at one of the zombie movies thinking, actually, in Wyoming, we would do great. Other states would have a problem. Major cities would be screwed. Denver is currently already suffering the zombie apocalypse. It's their homelessness problem. Other places would just absolutely be screwed. First off, Wyoming has more guns per capita than anywhere else. So we are armed to the teeth. And don't even get me started on ammunition. We got this big time. Then we have huge areas where there's massive open prairie land. So they have to get through all of that. So when the hordes come across Wyoming, they have to walk for a long way out in the open. And we definitely have the high ground to get up on, besides bluffs and buttes and cliff sides and so on to make it hard for them to climb up. So we can get up there and just have a good old time with long-range rifles to start other such things. Some people in Wyoming even own artillery, so you know. So, yeah, we can just pick them off as they come from a distance away. As they get closer to us, it gets a lot easier, of course, but then we start running low on zombies. And that's where it gets disappointing for us. Because, you know, as soon as we start to wear through what came at us, uh, you know, now it's down to the actual hunters. The hunters that have to go out there and find the individual zombies who are just wandering around with no idea where to go. And so they have to hunt them one at a time. For the hunters out there, they'll enjoy that phase of it once the hordes are gone. 
But we got this covered. We make our own energy. We have loads of food here. A lot of people are already preppers, so we get cut off from the rest of the world. Think about that. If you're living in a major city, you would worry about getting cut off from the rest of the world. We here in Wyoming, the point of being here is being cut off from the rest of the world. So we got this. For Wyoming, a zombie apocalypse would actually be fun. People in major cities would be in panicsville. As they get taken down and their brains eaten, they would be panicky. But living in a place Wyoming, we would consider a zombie apocalypse actually a good time. So I don't really worry about whenever that happens. I'm not sure when that's scheduled. I've seen enough movies about zombie apocalypse to know that sooner or later it's going to happen. We all know and in Wyoming hope that it will. So my friend asked me yesterday, Val, hypothetically, zombie apocalypse breaks out. Where are you going? Cracker Barrel. He said, why? I said, have you been in one of those? I mean, there's food, there's clothing, and the walls are covered in weapons, like straight hand-to-hand combat-style farm equipment weapons. I said, why? Where are you going? And he said, Bass Pro Shop. Excellent choice. But they're far and few between. Had to do a little research. If you live in Harlingen, Texas, there's a Bass Pro Shop next to a Cracker Barrel, next to a Sam's Club. I mean, that's like the zombie apocalypse trifecta right there. Unfortunately, I don't live near Harlingen, Texas, and I don't have a Bass Pro Shop near me. If I was next to one Bass Pro Shop, hands down, that's where I'm going. It's got food, it's got weapons, and it's got clothing. But I guess I'm going to stick with Cracker Barrel. And we're already geared up, for the most part, with the right kinds of uh, vehicles. A lot of people drive around in big pickup trucks. Uh, we also have tractors and other things that are easy to armor up. I mean, piece of cake. So as far as making sure we have armored vehicles to get around and all-terrain vehicles, pff, got that too. So, yeah, Wyoming will handle a zombie apocalypse. I mean, absolutely just fine. All right, actual news for you. From Cowboy State Daily, men claim Wyoming Ranch was a nightmare of forced teen labor and trafficking. Really? Okay. So here are the claims anyway. And I have to preface that by saying here are the claims anyway. Claiming they were subject to forced labor and abusive conditions, two men, who as teens, they say, were forced to work at a youth therapy ranch in Powell, Wyoming, are suing the ranch in federal court. These two are now of Texas and one now lives in California. They, let's see, Friday filed a 21-page civil lawsuit in U.S. District Court in Wyoming against the Triangle Cross Ranch alleging forced labor and human trafficking. The operator general manager is mentioned in the suit as well as the wife, the sons. I mean, it goes on and on. So who's listed in it? Uh, quote, this is an action brought on behalf of human trafficking victims in trouble in the teen industry, uh, reads the men's complaint. Plaintiffs and others similarly situated were transported to Wyoming, often through legal kidnapping at the suggestion of the ranch owners and forced to work in unfathomable conditions while receiving little or no formal education 
or behavioral treatment or therapy or anything like that, which is what they were supposed to be there for. So these two are asking for a jury trial. They say they're entitled to now be paid for all of that labor, which would have been $16.31 per hour for 40 hours a week. Uh, and see, $24.47 per hour for every beyond that, you know, double overtime, basically. So they, they want some monetary compensation for that. Let's see, uh, Lewis, well, the two plaintiffs complained that the owners had 50,000 acres at the Triangle Cross property ranch since 1973 and had more than 1,000 head of cattle and believed to cross state lines between Wyoming and Montana in the complaint. The owners in 1997 founded the Camel Youth Ranch, a Wyoming nonprofit group. And, and of course, they, the owners, of course, deny any of this. But that's the allegation so far. There is a lengthy story in Cowboy State Daily if you want to see what those allegations are. I'm going to be very interested to see how this case plays out. I don't know, but I, allegations have been made anyway at this point. Now, we'll see how it plays out in court and if they end up having to pay that fine or suffer any other damages, if it turns out to be true. Seven fourteen is the time. Wake up. Wake up, Wyoming. Start your day with Glenn Woods. Did you just hit the snooze? Really? This is AM 1030, K2 Radio. It's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Okay, update for you on the whole situation with Rocky Mountain Power. Hearings have begun. Again, Cowboys Day Daily. Rocky Mountain Power gets heat from Wyoming legislators on nearly 30% rate hike. Now, there's several parts of this story that I'm going to get to because, once again, Cowboys Day Daily does long, in-depth stories. There's a couple of parts I'm going to pick out that really stood out to me. It begins... By saying one of the front and center exhibits on Monday's Rocky Mountain Power rate increase hearing, which is on a four-day worth of testimony on what promises to be at least an eight-day marathon, was a resolution from the Joint Corporations, Elections, and Political Subdivisions Committee, what a name that is. It rebukes Rocky Mountain Power for that almost 30% rate increase. Now, let me just jump down. We get into, we all already know all the reasons why. But, okay, the part of the what stood out to me was the chapter they have here on Cowboy State Daily, five carbon price scenarios. Carbon price scenarios. This, once again, is one of those things where if we can find a way, let's just get out of this. The idea that, well, we got to, first off, carbon capture. No, we don't need to capture carbon. And for the love of God, let's not get into carbon trading. CO2 is not a pollutant. We've been through all this, but all right. The story says here, Link's testimony detailed how the company fares in five carbon price scenarios, including what he said is the least likely scenario, zero cost from carbon. So what they're saying is it's least likely that we'll have no carbon cost. Even carbon capture adds to your bill. But then there's that whole carbon trading scenario they want to get into and taxing for carbon. Earlier this year, Wyoming Public Service Commission issued a memorandum that said costs for federal or state carbon taxes, not a measurable standard and shouldn't be used for resource planning. 
that was pointed uh, highlight during the cross-examination. Link said the company's carbon cost metric is more complicated than just measuring the specific cost of carbon. It includes likely federal regulations ahead, like limits on nitrous oxide emissions, sulfur dioxide emissions. He says whatever the emitted might be, this really could cover a a wide range of outcomes. We really don't try to forecast what it might be. Instead, the metrics take in all market trends, all the tools available to federal agencies like the EPA, all of the suggestions for higher costs ahead of using organic fuels. It says fossil fuels here. I'm correcting it. Sorry, says prudence demands planning for that regardless of political ideologies. Among the rules that have concerned the company recently was an own zone transport rule that was ultimately stayed in Utah and removed in Wyoming. That was a welcome reprieve, he said. But that's there's more ahead. Quote, EPA has since issued a different rule to take effect in the 2030s. Link calls it the greenhouse gas rule, but it's part of the Clean Air Act and would limit output from coal facilities. Coal facilities, however, aren't the only power plants facing obstacles. Uh, And there are, let's see, hydro facilities limited by water in particular season, drought, stuff like that. All right. And then they went on to have a whole long conversation about reliability of the grid, which is very important, especially when it comes to wind and solar and how unreliable they are. Quote, it's pretty difficult to qualify and assume what will happen in a 20-year forecast going forward. He said, nonetheless, they do provide pretty substantial reliability, value, cost. And so they're trying to figure out what the reliability would be. Oh, the story says on that point, renewables, I'm going to throw out that word because they're not renewable. Wind and solar are making Wyoming's energy grid more reliable at very low cost. That's not true. It's making it less reliable at very high cost. So when he says, well, it's making it more reliable at very low cost, no. Very, very high cost and making it less reliable. That's just not true. Um, he says it's significant alternatives available to the company. All right. So that's where, again, what, what the company is saying in some cases here, I have to just throw out is just garbage. Okay. Some are power crunches. Representative Kel Case, he's over there in Lander, told Cowboy State Daily he was surprised to hear how close the company had come to a scenario where it might not be able to supply enough power to customers during, for example, the summertime when it gets real hot. Right? He said, I never quite heard him say how close it was, but he said uh, in developing projects, uh, rehabbing coal plants, they were having trouble finding financing for those things. Okay, So case also was interested in a part of Link's testimony that pointed to high temperature events as a part of cause of delivering power. The guy admitted it, he said. The guy just admitted it. But the trouble in that scenario is that those new transmission lines to Wyoming and wind coming in Wyoming, the wind may not be blowing on those days and is likely the hottest and coldest days. So that, that goes back to the point of when the representative for Rocky Mountain Power says, well, you know, those wind turbines, they're, they're more reliable. Really? Because on the hottest days, they don't turn. And on the coldest days, they don't turn. How is that more reliable? 
I don't see that it is. That's why I say that's flat out a false statement. It's not cheaper. It's not more reliable. But okay. Shutting down coal plants, the story says, though it isn't a viable solution, uh, Representative Case added, and not something Wyoming Knight supports. Quote, I have some climate concerns, he said, but I don't buy the climate hysteria that says we have to rush into coal, uh, closing coal plants. Well, and, and here again, I, I, we just can't. We just simply can't if you actually want to have electricity available, especially at those times when we need it most. We're getting into wintertime here. Suppose at home, I know your heat has been on. We're getting close into wintertime here. I know most of this, this year has been just, we've been spoiled. Uh, springtime has been beautiful. Most of summer, I had my windows and doors open. Got into the fall to just continue to be beautiful. Finally, the heater kicks in. We're getting to a place where we're going to need that heat. And the idea of going to more expensive, unreliable sources like wind turbines and solar is just not going to cut it. We're going to have to have those coal and natural gas plants on. So, okay. Kel Kays also said... He's concerned about Wyoming uh, appearing to be shouldering a disproportionate share of wind and solar infrastructure, like uh, wind towers to provide uh, wind and solar power to other states. The the proliferation, hard to say that this early in the morning, of so many wind towers could have an impact on the view shed. Well, I do worry about the view shed, but I also worry about all the birds getting knocked out of the sky. He said, if you have a populated state to the west of us, and you have political influence, you might prefer to put it in the least populated state, at least with the most federal land and with friendly administration that you know, wants to help you. But Oregon, Washington, California, with their coastal areas, all have areas that could be fantastic resources, Kellogg Case said. Okay. Well, again, uh, not in my backyard is essentially what they're doing. Not in my backyard is what they're saying for states like, let's go to the East Coast, you know, Massachusetts being one of them, New York being another. But also when you get over to Oregon, Washington State and so on. And where do they find out if they start putting those up on the Pacific side, if they finally do, imagine when it starts killing not just birds, but if they put it out in the water, they start having problems with whales like the East Coast has. What are then? What then are they going to do? What the environmentalists, the animal rights activists are going to go insane? Are they then going to start asking for something more affordable and actually reliable, like uh, coal and natural gas, which has been much better for the planet? All right, coming up on some local news that we have to take care of right after local news update on the weather forecast, and you and I get back into it again. I do have Don Day coming up at seven forty-five with the extended forecast, especially because. You know, trick-or-treating tonight, so kids actually ought to have a pretty good night. On the cold side, yeah, but by Wyoming standards, not going to be horrible. Talk to Don Day live about that at 745. Let's wake up Wyoming.
take Glenn anywhere with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Now, as long as we're Halloween spirit and all of that, might as well go ahead and gross you out with something. So, ladies and gentlemen, going to talk to you about Bug Burgers again. I was just sent, thanks for this, Wade. Wade and Cheyenne sent me a link to freedomfirstnetwork.com. Okay, I'll give it a try, news site. They did have a couple of stories there, which I thought, now those are some good stories. One of them is about Governor Mark Gordon, and uh, yeah, that's his, I I haven't looked at the story yet, Wade, but I believe that's his trip to Harvard University, where he talked about Wyoming not only uh, heading for carbon neutral, net zero, but actually negative carbon, I mean, a little bit beyond net zero. Which, of course, is nonsense. We just, again, need to get out of it. I've talked to some of my legislators about it, and I will again, until this is Gordon's last term. So can we at least just stop this and then back off on all this carbon sequestration nonsense once he's gone, get someone in office who won't lead us down this path. But that's not the story that got me. Are bug burgers really coming to America? <sighs> One survival food company CEO explains what's really going on. He says there's a few memes floating around the Internet about globalists attempting to force the masses to eat insects, which is true. There are some. These memes usually portray uh, Klaus Schwab or any name some other people. Uh, eat the bugs while holding up a cricket burger or something based like that food. For those who have been following, the story says, the escapades of globalist organizations, the World Economic Forum in recent years, the memes are both funny as well as a stark reminder of the dystopian reality of what they hope to achieve. Eat bugs, not meat. Okay, well, Tyson Foods, one of the largest meat companies in the United States, recently invested in an insect protein supplier. They intend to expand the insect ingredients business to start sprinkling bug parts into the food supply, oftentimes without making it apparent, easing you into it, in other words. Only those who read the ingredients in their food will likely even know they're eating bugs. Now, just for... just. To get this out of the way, to be clear, you've been eating bugs all along anyway. When you go buy foods, whatever kind, you know this, you just don't want to admit it, but bugs get into it and get ground up to it and it gets part of your food and it's okay. When Whatever you're eating, there's probably some bug part in there somewhere and it's okay, you just didn't know about it. But this is one of the two biggest reasons bugs are being introduced into the food supply, not by accident. Uh, This gentleman they're interviewing here, he said he believes they want to normalize insect consumption quietly and then slowly get us into eating bugs altogether. They want us to think bugs aren't so bad. There was a huge bug backlash when they said, we're just going to get you to eat bugs. So the theory here is that Tyson, it's a theory, Tyson Foods will start slowly putting bugs into what you normally eat over time, just getting you used to it until eventually 
you're just okay with it. And when someone hands you a bug burger, and when I think I think of a bug burger, I think with like a little leg sticking out and maybe an antenna. Then you'll be used to it. That's the theory anyway. I don't necessarily buy into it. It's just fun to read it. Welcome to Wiggle Burgers. Would you like to see a menu? Sure, but I probably just want a red burger and some fries. I'm in a hurry and I'm, I'm really hungry. You might like the grasshopper bacon bits or the mealworm arancini. Maybe try some worm salt soup. But wait, what the heck is the mescal worm salad? Oh, those little guys are great. We crushed them fresh this morning. You... Crush. Have to do it while there's still larva, or there's that horrible crunching sound. Besides, most people don't like exoskeleton in their mouth. Just what the hell are you saving here? Sir, Wiggle Burgers is a bug restaurant. We serve only organic, sustainable bug and bug larva. Gotta keep that carbon footprint down. Save the planet, you know? Uh, please tell me they brought Candy Camera back. I don't understand. Yeah, you're, you're probably too young for that television show. It was on back when a person had to get up and go change the channel. <gasps> so you remember when the world was in black and white? Well, most things were black and white back then. I have no idea what the hell is going on now. Look, I'm in a rush. Just give me a bowl of cereal. That should be safe enough. Mealworm puffs okay? Do you want nut milk or freshly squeezed cicada larva? You don't just have cow's milk. Do That's you? disgusting. You know, if you keep grossing people out like this, you'll kill everybody's appetite and starve the human race. Guaranteed population control? That sounds perfect. To be honest with me, do you really eat this stuff? Oh, come on now. If you advocate for this stuff, you don't actually have to do it. Oh, but the rest of us better, or else... Damn straight. Download the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Listen anywhere and chat live with Glenn during the show on AM 1030 K2 Radio. 7.45 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Off we go to talk to Don Day from Dayweather because Halloween, Don, that means there's a lot of kids listening right now and they are counting on you. Well, it's really not going to be bad at all for okay. trick-or-treating. That's what they wanted to hear. You can Kids can move on now. Go to school. So, no, by Wyoming standards, not bad. Really not bad. We're not going to have that much wind. It's going to be dry. Yes, it's going to be a little bit chilly. But when there's a bunch of candy at that next door, and yeah. that next doorbell ring, you don't feel the cold as much. No, now, Mom don't. and Dad no. standing at the corner might think differently, no. but really it's not going to no, be bad. I, you got that wrong. Mom and Dad are in the nice warm car driving along. Watching the kids <laughs> freeze their tail off for the candy. It's, it's how that oh, I'm sorry. I'm old. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, once we get past Halloween now and listening to your podcast this morning for Cowboy State Daily, I thought, well, the, it's not that things are bad the next few days. They actually warm up a little bit. But then the pot starts to – I'm sorry. The cauldron starts to get churned a little bit, doesn't it? Well, with a little bit of wind. Um, we're going to see a couple of systems late in the week. Uh, and then another one late in the weekend. For the central and southern parts of the state, it's mainly going to just be some wind that will be coming on in. The far north and northwest parts of the state will start to get into some Pacific moisture. So the snow will fall again up into the northern and northwest mountains by the end of the week and the weekend. There will be some showers up north. But these are not uh, really strong storms. They're going to be very quick movers. Uh, but it will be the northern and western counties of the state that will see most of the weather. 
Okay. I do notice in, again, watching what you're talking about lining up here, we seem to be lining up just one quick little system after the next with some nice breaks in between. Nice breaks in between. Uh, usually after an Arctic outbreak like we just went through, there's a readjustment. The jet stream straightens out. And then uh, you go through a period where it's a little bit quieter. And then the jet stream buckles again. Okay. And, and, and But that may not be for a while. But it'll it'll happen. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we really don't have a lot happening. Okay. And, and I do notice that also when it comes to the wind that we were just talking about, while the wind has picked up just a little bit, it's been nothing that would keep me inside. Tut, yeah, knock on wood. Let's hope that continues. Oh, okay. We'll just work on that. All right. Hey, have a great Halloween. Thank you, Doc. You too. Uh, well, I just wanted to make sure the kids were all set up for this. Turns out, Halloween-wise... This is not going to be a bad while, relatively speaking, here in the state of Wyoming. Off we go to the crypt where Frank Gambino is working by. You know, uh, it's awfully bright. You've been in that crypt for a while. You kind of... Yeah. It's dark in there. Well, yeah, but your eyes adjust to it, especially, you yeah, know. you're like, oh. When you're the walking man. dead, Frank, you just Well, that's how you look like when that. you go yeah, from the it, dark it, to the light. It does, like, oh. yeah. Looks like you use a little bit of sunscreen or something yeah. like that. So <clears throat> I went ahead and wrote it up, what I was talking to you about yesterday. I do think that we need to start a new tradition with Halloween carolers, just like Christmas carolers. And I started to line up some of the songs. So if the kids show up at your front door, now I would do like a montage, not one song after the next, Mm -hmm. right? Just put them all together and go from one tune to the next in just a couple of minutes, then get the candy and move on, Mm -hmm. right? So your doorbell rings, you open up the door, and here are the kids singing and swaying to Ghostbusters. Who are you going to call? Okay. Glenn? Yes. If they come to my door uh-huh. to sing, they are not getting any candy. Oh, you don't want to hear this? Get them out of here. Boy, talk about bah humbug. No candy for you. You're not even going to snap your fingers along when they no, start singing no, the Adams no. Family. I'll tell them, you stop singing. You'll get candy. Oh, okay. Keep singing. Okay. You're going to get stiffed. You don't want to you. You hear the kids singing, I put a spell on you. No. See, I think this would be great, Frank. I would. Okay. Uh, and there's a couple of versions I put a spell on you. What about uh, Monster Mash? I'll listen to it on the radio. No, okay, okay. I so, mean, if you want to give them double the candy. I would. I want to hear them do Thriller. I want to see some dance moves for this kind of a thing, okay? Somebody's watching me. Werewolves of London. I want to see a bunch of kids. Again, I don't want like 10 minutes worth of singing. Show up at my door. All right, go ahead and give me like a like a, a minute's worth of montage going from one song to the next. I'll throw a bunch of candy at you. You go on to the next one. I will guarantee you if you do the, ask for singing all night yeah, for the, the 40th time, yes. you're going to need help. You're going to hit. Are you the same way when it comes to Christmas colors? I would rather them just just, just play go a, away. Okay. Them go away. So in other words, when the holidays walk around, Frank just turns his lights off and hides inside. No, no, no not really. I'm not a bah humbug. Just please. There's already enough noise with the holidays. <laughs> we don't need any more. Okay. Know? Now I'm going to go out and limb here. You weren't this bad when you were younger, but the older you get, the more you're like this. Correct. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> That makes complete sense, Frank. It really does. There you go. College football, the Wyoming Cowboys will try to pick up the pieces after a dismal effort in their 32-7 road loss to Boise State on Saturday. Nobody saw a performance like this coming where it was just plain poor. 
top to bottom. The loss dropped the Pokes to 5-3 and three overall, 2-2 two and two in Mountain West Conference play. Barring a complete collapse of some of the other teams in the league, the Cowboys just played themselves right out of the Mountain West Conference championship. Against Boise State, the offense anemic. 112 yards for the Pokes for the day. And the defense was repeatedly gouged by the Bronco running game. Plus, the defense didn't even register a sack. However, what better game to rebound from a disaster like that than the border war with Colorado State, which will be in Laramie this Friday. No motivational speeches needed for a game like that. That'll start at 6 p.m. in, in Laramie on Friday. Remember, the Cowboys won last year's border war 14-13 to in four Collins. In the high school football playoffs, resume Friday and Saturday statewide with the semifinal round. In 4A, Cheyenne East will host Natronum. That will be on Saturday afternoon at 1. Sheridan will host Thunder Basin at 6 p.m. on Friday. In 3A, Evanston will go over to Cody at 7 o'clock on Friday, while Buffalo will make that trip over to Afton to meet Star Valley Friday at 5 p.m. Over in 2A, Torrington will go to Mountain View at 2 p.m. on Friday. Bighorn will host Lyman at noon on Friday. In 1A, Nine Man Southeast will be at Wind River in Pavilion on Friday at 2, while Big Piney goes all the way over to Lingle to meet uh, the Doggers in, on Saturday at 1 at 1 p.m. Then at 1 a 6 man, Dubois will be at Little Snake River and Bags at 2 o'clock on Friday, and Campbell will be at Burlington also at 2 o'clock on Friday. State High School Volleyball Tournament will start on Thursday at the Ford Center in Casper. In 4A, the two number one seeds are Thunder Basin and Cody. Thunder Basin plays Riverton in the first round at 1 p.m. Cody will meet Cheyenne East at 6. Also in 4A, Kelly Walls plays Campbell County at 2.30. Laramie meets Star Valley at 4.30. In 3A, Buffalo and Powell are the number one seeds. Buffalo will tangle with Warland in the first round on Thursday at 1 o'clock. Powell will take on Torrington at 6. Also in 3A, Mountain View versus Wheatland at 2.30. Douglas will play Lyman at 4.30. In 2A, Bighorn and Grable earning number one seeds. Bighorn will draw Big Piney in one at 1 o'clock on Thursday in the opening round. Grable will take on Pine Bluffs. Also in 2A, Rocky Mountain versus Tongue River at 2.30, and Burns will meet Shoshone at 4.30. Finally in 1A, the number one seeds are Upton and Cokeville. Upton will take on Riverside at 1, Cokeville versus Guernsey at 6. Also in 1A, Little Snake River versus Hewlett at 2.30, and Southeast will meet Burlington at 4.30. The semifinals of the State High School Volleyball Tournament will be on Friday at the Ford Center, and the championship matches will be on Saturday at 4.30. That's in sports. Okay, so let's size up this whole game we have have coming this weekend with UW here compared to Colorado how are our guys here we're gonna we're the Cowboys are like a touchdown favorite the touch, wow. a touchdown favorite. yeah, yeah seven That's points not good enough it, it may it may not be yeah because this is a very emotional game could be kind of chippy sometimes yeah. there's mutual hatred okay. you know the geographical proximity right. but it is a home game you know it's like what the 115th annual game okay but like doesn't that. a home game help though yeah it you should get three does. points for that you should yeah but you don't but yeah. I mean, usually you, I, I hear that if you're playing at home it, it helps there, there isn't a there should and be an advantage sometimes I think maybe not so much as it used to be oh, okay yes. alright so we, and we can't say that well you know it's higher altitude so they no, no no no, no no they're and fine the, and Playing for that bronze boot is very, very, very important okay. to both schools. All right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business, we got to take care of. Yeah, roll into news time after that national local update on the weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Friday. Put a spell on you. Because you're mine. Stop the thing. 
Six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Len Woods. Thanks for joining me on uh, Halloween. That my personal favorite holiday, just because it's freaky like that. So I, I'm watching on the television next to me here. That really big television they put in my studio. And Chet and Yoder said he was going to go off and watch it. This is a hearing from the Senate on Gaza and financially supporting Israel and militarily supporting Israel. So it's a uh, hearing it's supposed to be happening, I believe, in the Senate right now. All right, so there's all these in the back of the room. This is happening right now as I'm watching it. There's all these protesters. Now, a lot of them, most of them, just put their hands up, and their hands were painted red, so blood on the hands, right? These are people who are wanting the battle in Gaza to come to a stop. And they're anti-Israel and pro-Gaza, you know, and maybe even in some cases pro-Hamas, I'm not sure. But there they sit with their hands up in the air, you know, red paint on. They're trying to get this meeting started. This has been going for a while. And the, uh, let's see, uh, Senator Murray is the chairperson. She keeps banging her gavel and saying the same thing, but it's not going to help. They don't want her to get the meeting started. And these protesters have actually organized this quite well. Every time they're about to get the meeting started, another protester stands up, holds up a sign, yells out in protest, stop the war in Gaza, cease fire, what about the children, you know, things like that. And then they're escorted out. Okay, so that person's gone. They're about to start the meeting again. And the next protester stands up, holding up a sign, yelling. And so they've been trying to start this meeting for quite some time now. Now, finally, just as I started to say this, the gentleman who is giving testimony finally has a chance to speak. I wonder if they took the last of the protesters out. I'll have to see what the cameras do. But they did, did they just escort the last of the protesters out? Not surprisingly, most of them were wearing masks like they're sick, like COVID-type masks. Every, you know, make that what you will where they're just trying to hide their faces or they all believe they should be wearing masks like those masks have actually been doing anything. I don't know. But I don't want to get too much into this. Just interesting to me how the protesters lay this out. Every time they're about to start the meeting, the next person stands up and starts yelling. Now, as I watched this, I thought, here's my take on the protesting. I actually don't mind it, even though I disagree with them. It's America protest. It's a Senate meeting protest. Here's how this is going to work. Jump up, hold your sign up, scream whatever you got to scream, and the police will come along and escort you out. Now, in each and every single case, when police officers walked over and started to escort a person out, they quietly went with. So there was not any violence. Okay, no violence here. Nobody's trying to throw paint or anything like that, right? And when asked to leave, they do, one at a time. To me, that is what a peaceful protest is supposed to be. They're making their objections heard, which in a free country they're allowed to do. Now, it looks like this gentleman's finally able to give his testimony in front of this Senate committee. But because I'm an American in America, I don't mind at all if during a Senate hearing, somebody wants to stand up and hold up a sign and say that they object. But as soon as your objection has been made... 
and you're asked to leave the room because they're trying to hold a hearing, do what these protesters did, quietly do so. Because the moment you start to go beyond that, now I'm going to have a problem with it. Just like when I've talked in the past about protesters, I remember, let's go back to Burning Man. There were some cult of climate change protesters who really do think that we are in the end times and we've got just a very short time to stop what we're doing, coal, gas, oil, all sorts of human activity, or we're done. And we've got like just a year or two and it's just over. So they put a roadblock at Burning Man like that is going to do something to save the planet, right? And even people who normally would have supported them were getting just fed up with the roadblock and trying to dismantle it. Finally, the police showed up, which I really love. It was the Bureau of Indian Affairs. It was actually Native American police officers on tribal land telling these protesters, climate protesters, get off our land. I just think that's hysterical. They're the ones, those police officers, literally rammed the barrier and got the climate protesters out of there. So my answer to the climate protesters at the time is, if you got something to say and you want to stand on the side of the road and wave your signs and say it, you do that. You're in America. You have every right to do that. But the moment you get into traffic and try to stop the flow of traffic, prevent other people from getting to where they want to go, no. Now you've stepped over the line by creating that line. You're not allowed to do that. So that's where when you start to infringe on somebody else's rights where your protest needs to come to an end. So that's why I say these protesters, even though I'm not agreeing with what they're saying at the Senate hearing, they stood up one at a time, made their point, were asked to leave. They did. There. That's, a, I think, a proper way that civilized people will go ahead and let it be known that they object, why they object, and they're doing it in a civil way, even though I disagree with them. If they had crossed that line and it had gotten ugly in that Senate room, at that point I'd say, okay, now you've gone too far. And at this point, oh, here's a, see, this guy's trying to, no, okay. I, they were turning the camera. I was watching this. So here's, and again, I don't think this is a bad thing. So now they've just switched the camera over to the next person that's going to testify, whatever he has to say about supporting Israel against Hamas financially from the United States. And while that gentleman is talking, there's a whole pro bunch of protests. Their arms must be getting tired. There's a whole bunch of protesters in the back of the room. Their hands are painted red for blood in your hands. And they're just holding their hands up. That's a quiet protest to show what... And I think it's uh, effective messaging in the sense of I know exactly what they stand for when they're doing that. I know what they're trying to say. I don't agree, but I know what they're trying to say. That kind of a peaceful protest is certainly welcome because that's part of the discussion that we're supposed to have. If these people do anything more than that, then I'm going to have a problem with it. So you understand where I'm coming from. All right. So it's interesting to watch this. This is one of the reasons why I keep this television on. And I don't have on regular news channels. Well, former news channels. I don't have them on. This is... Let's see, uh, Fox Live, sometimes they call it Fox Raw. And all they do is just put cameras places and just let you see what's going on. Occasionally they have an anchor person or a reporter somewhere, but it's rare. 
in most cases, they just put cameras out there with audio, audio and video, and just show you, and here's what's going on. A much better way to get the news, I think, I don't want to hear all of the commentators, even though I am one. I don't want to hear all the commentators all day long. I just want to watch what happens, and I'll make up my own mind. 8.15 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Mornings will never be the same. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join in at 888-97-WOODS. Eight nineteen is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. So I was telling the crew this morning, the audience this morning, right out of the gate at 6 o'clock at Halloween, so... Every single holiday, there has to be those people who step up. It happens every time. Well, what you're doing is cultural appropriation. Doesn't matter what the holiday is. It's wrong that you're, you shouldn't be eating that on this holiday because you can't eat this, you can't wear that, you can't celebrate the holiday. In the case of Halloween, it goes from the religious, the hardcore religious right to the ultra liberal left. With all sorts of reasons why you're not supposed to be having fun on Halloween. My answer to that is, and, and oh, news media, they have to scare you where your kid could be kidnapped, and you better check all of that candy. Your odds of getting spiked candy, you have better odds of winning the lottery while being struck by lightning at the, at the exact same time. Now, I'm not saying don't check the candy for the kids, but just say that that's your odds, so... Right away, news media has to find all sorts of ways to scare you on Halloween as well. Ignore all of that. Suit up and get out there and have a good time. That's it. Just go Just go do that. Just enjoy it. Go ahead and dress freaky. Go out there and have fun. And ignore the rest of it. My truck was running on fumes. The gas needle was way past empty. So I, I coasted him to the nearest gas station. The station was empty. I should have listened to my gut. I could feel it deep down inside. The tingle on the back of my neck. The trash bag on the other pump. The sign just above it that looks like it was written by a Chick-fil-A cow. I did it anyway. I swiped my card. I grabbed the pump. I put the nozzle into the gas tank. For a moment, everything felt fine. Then it happened. I reached for something that wasn't there. No, don't say it. The trigger lock was missing. <laughs> I had to hold on to the pump the entire time. All 22 gallons. Ooh, I just got chills. Yeah, see, I love good, scary adult Halloween stories like that. I was home alone. The kids were at my parents' house. Jeff was working late, so I had the whole place to myself. I was in the kitchen when it started. It was like a low, mumbling sound, like almost talking. So I listened closer, and it was, it was like it was calling for help. What could it be? Probably a murderer. No. It was my stomach. But no big deal, really. I was already in the kitchen. So I opened up the fridge. There it is, staring right back at me. A beautiful jar of pickles. So I take it out, place it on the counter. But then I notice there's no label on it. But my stomach is stronger than my mind, so I ignored the red flags. Opened it up, took a pickle out. And ate it. And that's when it happened. It was a sweet pickle. No! <laughs> How did he even get there? To this day, 
No one knows how those devil pickles got into my fridge. Yeah. I'm not going to sleep tonight. I like pickles. I do. I really like pickles. Sweet pickles, though. No. Forget that. Now, some of you are going to go to Halloween parties tonight. Now, for the single people out there, what do you do if you're single and you want to leave the party with somebody? I'm pulling that as delicately as I can. Well, there's Halloween pickup lines. I am scared to ask you what you're doing. I'm just prepping a few icebreakers for my friend's Halloween party tonight. Oh, this is going to be interesting. Do you want to hear some of them? No. Are you a monster? Because you look freaking fine. Honey, pickup lines. Or better yet, this one. It's a nice ghoul like you doing in a crypt like this. That's even worse. Skeleton over there wanted to ask for your number, but he didn't have the guts, so here I am. That one was pretty good. I'm not dressed as a ghost this year, but... Can still get under my sheets. You Harry Potter? Because I'd let you slither into my chamber of secrets. Oh, whoa! Yeah. Wow. A little much on that last one over there. Okay, I did write a story. It's on the Wake Up Wyoming site. Why Wyoming would easily handle a zombie apocalypse. I mean, no, no question whatsoever. In fact, we in Wyoming, because we have so many guns and bullets. And so many great places to get up on high points and shoot down into the prairies below. Let it be a big zombie horde, like an army of zombies. We can handle it, and we're going to have a good time doing it. So we're unlike major cities, we would actually look forward to the zombie apocalypse here in the state of Wyoming. I know many of you are buying even more guns and ammo with that in mind, and I totally get it. So what's your strategy? So my friend asked me yesterday, Val, hypothetically, zombie apocalypse breaks out. Where are you going? Cracker Barrel. He said, why? I said, have you been in one of those? I mean, there's food, there's clothing, and the walls are covered in weapons, like straight, hand-to-hand, combat-style farm equipment weapons. He said, why were you going? And I said, Bass Pro Shop. Excellent choice. But they're far and few between. Had to do a little research. If you live in Harlingen, Texas, there's a Bass Pro Shop next to a Cracker Barrel, next to a Sam's Club. I mean, that's like the zombie apocalypse trifecta right there. Unfortunately, I don't live near Harlingen, Texas, and I don't have a Bass Pro Shop near me. If I was next to one Bass Pro Shop, hands down, that's where I'm going. It's got food, it's got weapons, and it's got clothing. But I guess I'm going to stick with Cracker Barrel. Yeah, okay. Now, um, one that I play every single year, and I'm going to play it now, but I'll play it at the very end of the show, too, because it's... Probably my favorite bet. So, okay, you go out, you go trick-or-treating. And by the way, at my house, I don't care what age you are. As long as you're in a costume and you say trick-or-treat, you're getting candy. Okay, so whatever. Don't make it a lame costume. It's got to be legit. You can be any age. I don't care. Just I'm, I'm into trick-or-treaters. All right? Then what, what do you do when you get all that candy home? That's when the negotiations begin. If you like NECA wafers, the original candy wafer, yeah, that's a category that really took off, there's no need to watch this video. You're going to get screwed no matter what. Same goes if you like those nasty little orange and black candies. Save yourself some time. Don't go trick-or-treating. Just eat random crap you find on the floor. And now we begin. Step one, identifying your trading partner. Children under the age of five are legally protected. That's because of Becky's Law. Named after a Wisconsin girl who traded her entire stash for a box of good and plenties that her brother had convinced her were unicorn eggs. She cried for three and a half years. Children between the ages of five and seven are allowed a 30-second trade-back grace period. This also applies to the elderly. If you have friends or siblings with any of the following traits, they make ideal trading partners. If you don't, you'll have to get crafty. 
Start by determining the flavor affinity of your opponent. There are three basic classes and each one has a weakness. Be warned that a classic strategy is to pretend that you're in the fruit and sour category while executing the Smarties Gambit for a full-size Snickers. If you'd like to download a PDF version of this chart, please look in your butt. If your opponent says that they like special darks, be kind to them. They're probably going to be your boss someday. Likewise, if they express interest in any of the oral fixation candies like wax lips, paper dots, candy cigarettes, or pop rocks, keep track of them. They're going to be fun to hang out with in college before they drop out. Step two, pre-trade organization and preparation. Loose candy corn should be placed with your pennies. They're equally worthless. Under the new health law, ripped or unwrapped candy falls under the protection of pre-existing condition. And although they lose value, you cannot exclude them from trading. Dum-dums should be organized in complete sets, not by individual flavor. Unless, of course, you have three or more root beers, which can be set aside. Lump your three musketeers together with your Milky Ways to ferret out people that don't know the difference. Most likely, they'll confuse Crackles and Mr. Goodbars, too. Hide your Mary Janes, but Banana-flavored taffies and any short-lasting bubblegums under a pile of Whoppers, Goobers, Caramel Cubes, and Red Hots. Be prepared to offer the full stack as an all-or-none trade for a Charleston Chewer grater. Although nerds are technically inert pop rocks, they should be placed in their own category. Unfortunately, Butterfingers, Almond Joy, and Mounds should be set aside for the mom and dad tax. Note that there is growing support to repeal the mom and dad tax as it hurts honest candy disclosure and might lead children to stop trick-or-treating altogether. If possible, avoid major transactions until after the election. And raise should be burned and then peed on by your dog. Part 3, Classic Strategies. Avoid anyone who suggests dumping all the candy in a pile and rationing it out based on hunger. They are Marxists. John Maynard Keene suggested taking 40% of the candy from the children with the most, burying it in the ground, and then giving the candy poor children jobs digging it up. Or, of course, you can try the classic approach. Whatever you choose, remember that Pixie Sticks, Twizzlers, and Smarties are your workhorses. And Fifth Avenues are better than 100 grand. And as for anyone who gave you an apple, don't worry. They're going to hell. Oh, definitely they are. And by the way, I don't ask a dog to pee on the raisins. I do it personally. Yeah. All right, coming up on some local business news time. Right after that, we're going to roll into good look at your weather forecast for, for Halloween. Then I get back into the news and discussion. You know, the legit stuff that I'm supposed to be doing on here. But I'm not. Because it's my favorite holiday. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on air, online, and on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Be part of the show at 888-97 Woods. This is K2 Radio. Eight thirty-six at time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. So, okay, a Democrat mayor has given police the power to dismantle. Homeless camps. In fact, I like the way that the headline puts this here because it, they're not just calling it some kind of a homeless camp. It's, uh, let's see, dismantle methadone mile. I, <laughs> so, yeah, there's some place that's so bad in their downtown area, they're calling it a methadone mile. All right, let, let's read the story. This is Boston. Which, by the way, having been in Boston before many times, at one point, just a beautiful, fascinating place. But if it's being run by people who want to defund the police, garbage like that, 
it has just gotten so bad. I mean, these progressive policies have made these cities just so bad. It's not worth going to. Many of the cities around America that I looked at most of my life and thought, not only would I like to visit there, but I wonder if I would want to live there. Denver was one of them. For the longest time, I looked at the city of Denver and thought, wow, it's a beautiful city. The mountains are right there. If I want to go play in the Rockies, there we go. There's so many places that I looked at thinking I would love to live there. Now, wouldn't go near them. And it's not just because of the homelessness and the needles on the streets and the poop on the street and things like that. But policies that make it completely unaffordable to live there, including high taxation, that comes in many different forms. But let's get back to this one. All right. A new rule enacted by Boston's Democrat mayor will give in, go into effect November 1st, giving police the authority to dismantle a homeless tent in a city neighborhood in Boston that has been used to shield uh, drugs and other crimes. On the corner, and it talks about where this is, in the southern part of the area, known as Methadone Mile, has been for years occupied by tents and tarps to cover what's tragically happening underneath. Now, this reminds me, I'm trying to remember which city it was. I told you about this uh, last week, I think it was. There was a city where a guy set up a uh, bit of a camp, but not the one in, in Denver where he opened up a bar, essentially. It's the one where the kid, I want to say that this may have been Chicago or Detroit, one of those. But anyway, the guy set up a place right near a school. That it's free meth for beginners is what the sign said. And he also advertised and bragged about selling other drugs and so on. And the police show up and try to negotiate with the guy. You're trying to negotiate with a homeless drug dealer. How's that going to work? It didn't work well. Instead of the police having the authority just to go and clean it up. I mean, arrest him by force if necessary. Bring in machines Scoop everything up and throw it away. Hose it down. Bring your street sweepers in. But all right, so the area has been riddled in Boston with crime, prompting the mayor to begin the process of dissolving the tent encampment. Again, that starts tomorrow. A new report in the Boston Herald said that residents of the tent city will have been notified of the new rule in several languages. <laughs> Any newcomers to the camp will be met by a coordinated team of social workers and law enforcement who will inform them no new tents will be allowed. Quote, there is no magic wand in a very complex, long-standing challenge that cities around the country are facing with the opioid crisis, homelessness, mental health. But we know that in Boston, we have a very good sense, says the mayor, not only of what we need, but services and how to most effectively connect with those people. Now, to be fair, there are some people that are in that area. There's pictures of this area. It's as bad as you think it is. There are some people who have legitimate mental health issues, and if they have a way to to deal with them, then do so. I, I don't know what that means, what that entails when you get up into Massachusetts, but if there's a place that they can be taken, take them there. And get them to help. When it comes to people that have addiction problems, same thing. Got a way to handle that? 
And it's not just government. Don't just think government. I mean, church, civic groups, whatever it might be, take them there. There's also those people who don't necessarily have any issues. They just are drifters in general. Well, you're not allowed to do that. So stop being a drifter. Go go get a life. There are those people who just really need a hand up. We're going to clean you up. We're going to help you get cleaned up. You're going to go get a job. And there's plenty of jobs available, by the way. It's not like there's a problem there. So it's more than just if you're thinking, well, just bulldoze it and kick them out. Well, kick them out where necessarily because that doesn't solve the problem. You have to take a look at each person and decide, so what's the problem here? Can we get this person help? There are some, yes, we can. There are some I don't know the answer to, really, because, again, they're just drifters. All right, so according to the Boston newspaper, the Herald, the problem which the mayor inherited before was, well, the former mayor had been called upon to deal with this. And back then it was about 80 people living out there. Now it's uh, well over 200 and getting bigger. So the mayor's plan is three-pronged, starting with allowing the police to remove the tents, tarps as the first step, and then followed by trying to get help to those people who legitimately can get help. Temporary housing, things like that. Okay. So as I look at this, I think, all right, now if this works... We'll see. How long does it work? I really want to know, how long does this work before they start having the same encampments popping up again? Because this has been, even here in Wyoming, we talked before about Casper, Wyoming. I had the mayor of Casper at the time in on this program because a local motel had been taken over. It was an abandoned motel. They just... uh, they had financial problems, and so they literally just locked the doors and left the hotel entirely intact. They just walked away. And it was quickly found out by homeless people, which was taken over, and the place was destroyed in no time at all. And there were also problems, and I know, Cheyenne, you have that problem too. The smaller communities, not so much. I think that a lot of times people who live like this don't go to the very small communities because there's not a lot for resources they tend to go to the bigger communities. So when you look at uh, Casper and Cheyenne, to name a couple, I don't know. Do, do folks in Wheatland, or I've never seen a problem like this in Wheatland. Seen it in Gillette. I haven't seen a problem like this in Douglas. I know we get into Rawlins. You folks have had problems like this as well. And Rock Springs, definitely. Cody, you guys have problems up there? I don't know. And we get into Sheridan. I've been in Buffalo many times. I haven't seen the problem in Buffalo. I don't know if Sheridan has a problem. It depends on the size of the community, what resources are available. This time of year in Wyoming, it tends to get really cold with not a whole lot of help, and people just tend to move on. And so our homeless population in Wyoming drops dramatically during this time of year. Not so much, well, it it does happen to an extent in more northern cities, like way up there in Boston and so on. But they have so much for resources up there in those cities that they can help people through the winter. But we still come back to the question of, so what is the longer-term solution here? And just sweeping them away is not doing anything because that just means they move on for a while, then they come circling back. So I've talked about this before. So what is the... 
bigger answer for this. And it's it's not going to be the same for every person because different people are homeless for different reasons. 845, wake up, Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming. Glenn Woods is live on AM 1030 K2 Radio and the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. She got a black cat tooth and a mojo bone. Anyone who wouldn't leave her alone, she goes. Another man done gone. Now, Frank, I don't know if that's supposed to be a Halloween song, but to me, it always has been. It's close enough. Close enough. Frank is over there in the uh, crypt this oh, morning. Oh, thanks for opening up that, that lid. I yeah, it's a piece of good stuff in there, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, okay. So I did get a question for you no. from Detroit Doctor. No, this is a good one. Uh, Detroit Doctor is his name. And he's in Casper. He wants to, even though his name is Detroit, he's asking about the coach of UW football team. Time for him to go? He wants to. Uh, he, he's, he's under the gun, I'll tell you that. Is this, after this week, people okay. didn't, you know, and, and fans are going to, you know, voice their ire, yeah. you know, after really a disappointing loss like that. And, and then normally they point right at the head coach. Okay. That's why the head coach gets paid a lot of dollars. Yeah, not way. Because everyone can, you know, he has to take that heat. Yes. And be responsible for it. You but know, didn't that, overall he have a very good year? Well, yeah, so far. Yeah. But I, I think a lot of fans want Wyoming to make the next step forward and okay. not play in the Arizona Bowl every year or not play in the New Mexico Bowl yeah. every year or not play in the humanity the Boise Bowl every year. It's like, okay, can we make the next step forward? You know, okay. and they just haven't been able to get to the next step. So, okay. I mean, they're successful. Yeah, but more. But people want more. Successful, but no improvement is what I'm hearing. Basically, okay. So in that case, and I've seen this happen because I remember when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were O for two decades. That's when I lived there, and I know that they got a new stadium, they got a new coach, and that coach definitely made improvements. In fact, even got them into the playoffs but never got him to a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. So that coach was replaced by someone who got him into the Super Bowl. Right. When you're talking about the amount of uh, the competitive and, and the money involved, yeah. people need, these teams need need to win now. You know, you know Craig Bowles has been there for a while. He's not going anywhere else for another job okay. at Wyoming. I mean, you know, he, he's going to be the only one to say, you know what, uh, you know, I, I think I'm, you know, at some juncture I'm going to retire. I would I would find it very very hard to believe that they they would they would, let, force him him, they, they would yeah. let him go or, or force him out. Oh, okay, I, I just I, I just don't see that. But, but I but I do see that when they lose games like this, hmm. they direct the ire at him. Okay. Alrighty, the high school football playoffs resume on Friday and Saturday statewide with the semifinal round in 4A. Cheyenne East will host the Trone on Saturday afternoon at 1 o'clock. Sheridan, the number one seed, will host Thunder Basin at 6 p.m. on Friday. In 3A, Evanston will be at Cody at 7 on Friday, while Buffalo will be at Star Valley on Friday at 5. Over in 2A, Torrington will go all the way over to Mountain View at 2 p.m. on Friday, while Bighorn will play host to Lyman. What is a long trip for Lyman? At noon on Friday up north. In 1A, Nyman Southeast will be at Wind River and Pavilion at Friday at 2 o'clock. Big Piney with a long road trip to Lingle to meet the Doggers at, on Saturday at 1 p.m. Then at 1 a 6 man, Dubois will be at Snake River at 2 p.m. on Friday, and Camden will be at Burlington also at 2 p.m. on Friday. College football, Wyoming Cowboys will try to just pick up the pieces after a dismal effort in their 32-7 road loss to Boise State on Saturday. Nobody saw a performance like this coming where they were just um, poor, top to bottom. 
and the loss dropped them to five and three overall, two and two in Mountain West Conference play, barring a complete collapse of other teams in the league. Cowboys have just played themselves right out of the Mountain West Conference championship game against Boise State. The offense. Uh, just anemic for the folks. Couldn't believe that. 112 yards total. And the defense was repeatedly gouged by the Bronco running game. And the defense did not register a sack. And usually the defense can, can hold their own. Not on Saturday. But what better game to rebound from a disaster like that than the border war with Colorado State? They'll be coming up on Friday in Laramie. No motivational speeches needed for a game like this. It's a long-standing rivalry, 115 years, which will start at 6 p.m. on Friday in Laramie. Last year, the Cowboys beat the Rams down in Fort Collins, 14-13. to 13. State High School Volleyball Tournament will start on Thursday at the Ford Center. In 4A, the two number one seeds are Thunder Basin and Cody. Thunder Basin plays Riverton in the first round on Thursday at 1 o'clock, and then Cody will take on Cheyenne East at 6 o'clock, also in 4A, Kelly Walsh plays Campbell County at 2.30, while Laramie meets Star Valley at 4.30. In 3A, Buffalo and Powell are the number one seeds. Buffalo playing Warland in the first round at 1 o'clock on Thursday. Powell takes on Torrington at 6. Also in 3A, Mountain View versus Wheatland at 2.30. Douglas plays Lyman at 4.30. In 2A, Bighorn and Grable, the number one seeds. Bighorn draws Big Piney at 1 p.m. on Thursday. Grable entertains Pine Bluffs at 6. Also 2A, Rocky Mountain versus Tongue River at 2.30. And Burns will tangle with Shoshone. In 1A, the number one seats Upton and Cokeville. Upton will play Riverside at 1. Cokeville plays Guernsey at 6. Little Snake River versus Hewlett at 2.30. Southeast plays Burlington at 4.30. The semifinals on Friday. The championship matches with the State High School Volleyball Tournament Saturday at 4.30 at the Ford Center. So in other words, what we were saying earlier is Coach Bowl really needs to win this one and big. Well, it, it, it would certainly help the public relations end. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> He'll feel a little bit better when he goes home. I'm sure, yeah. the, the The fans won't be nearly as uh, irate. His wife won't be staring at him. Say, you know, yeah, yeah. Well, what, like, what happened she's, there? She's, what happened there? Yeah, yeah. Why'd, you, why'd you even bother coming home? Spend the night at the office. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. Rolling into new time after that. Wake up, Wyoming. Yeah, Six at the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It is a Halloween. Ignore all of the naysayers in the media. Just get dressed freaky way. and just, Really, just get freaky. Put on something weird. Go out. Have a good time. Get lots of candy. We'll get back to normal. Probably whatever normal is supposed to be today. We'll get back to that on Wednesday. All right. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, one of probably, I think, what should be one of the best costumes out there of a mentally disturbed and deranged person is that of Greta Thunberg. So, you're in a dance club, hands held high, dancing to the music, big screens above your head. Greta's angry face looking down at you. She says, how dare you? Well, she is not happy. So, okay, let's see. i got a list of stuff for you here. I'll get through it really fast. First off, the so-called green energy transition, as you know, has been in trouble. Which, of course, I said it was going to be from the very beginning, not because I'm a genius, just because I know it, you can't create an artificial economy. 
Okay, It doesn't work that way. Any country that's ever tried to create an artificial economy, it failed spectacularly. It doesn't work that way. What does work is free market capitalism, which is not what we're doing right now. The story says one of the textbook marketing flops of all time was the Ford Etzel, a sedan, which was heralded as the hot new car of the 1950s. All of the automotive experts and Ford executives said it was a can't-miss. Henry Henry Ford himself, the car was named after his son, Edsel. He guaranteed hundreds of thousands of sales. This was going to be huge. Uh, One big thing went wrong. No one ever bothered to ask the car buyers what they thought of the new car. In other words, there's a lot of things that went wrong with the Edsel, but the main one was... They didn't do any market research to find out what people actually wanted. And so the Etzel was rejected. They hated it. So instead of sales of 400, 500,000, 10,000 were sold and Ford discontinued it. So now you might think, well, that's 10,000. Yeah, but you they were expecting like half a million. And so it just didn't happen. All right. The obvious lesson for the industry, you cannot bribe the American people to buy what they don't want. Given the all-in approach of the electric vehicles, Ford and General Motors, it's clear that Detroit never got that message or at least forgot it at some point. Because last week, Honda and GM announced an end to their two-year collaboration in building a platform for electric vehicles. Honda executives said just it's just too difficult. And despite all the tax breaks and subsidies and so on, they're still losing just a ton of money at this. Amazingly, less than 10% of all new car sales over the last several years have been electric vehicles. And many of those electric vehicles, after they were purchased, were shortly after returned for the internal combustion engine because it just wasn't working out for various reasons. This, the story says, is despite the fact that the U.S. government is writing a $7,500 check for people buying electric vehicles. So between the tax breaks and the subsidies. yeah. And let me see. Also, some states are even kicking in another $5,000 beyond that. So in some places, if you want to buy an electric vehicle, you get some tax breaks, of course. You also get $7,500 from the feds and $5,000 from your state. And still, car sales are not doing well. And still, price-wise, many electric vehicles are way out of range of what most people can afford. The Texas Policy Foundation calculates that all electric vehicle subsidies can reach about $40,000 per vehicle. Think about that. The... Between the tax breaks and subsidies, you're getting about $40,000 off per vehicle on average. And still, the car is two or truck is more expensive than most people want. And that's what your government being all in on that. It would practically be cheaper for the government to purchase a brand new gasoline vehicle for every single car buyer out there. So energy expert Robert Bryce estimates... Ford has lost about $62,000 for each electric vehicle it rolled off the line. So despite all of the tax breaks and subsidies, Ford is still selling electric vehicles at a loss. Meanwhile, 
The news is even worse for wind and solar power. Wall Street Journal reported last week the so-called clean energy, which it's not, wind and solar, investment funds are tanking, some down as much as 70% in recent months. Solar has been one of the worst performing industries so far. Now, this collapse is happening right when Exxon and Chevron have engineered and combined about 110 billion blockbuster acquisitions to expand oil and gas drilling in the Permian Basin in Texas, one of the biggest oil fields in the world. So they're pouring more money than ever before, getting ready for, well, there's all of this oil available there, and they must know that that's coming back. They, the story says, they and their investors are looking at real-world data and not government propaganda on wind and solar. In 2023, the world is guzzling more oil than ever before. Now, so could I talked about this earlier this week and last week as well. Despite what you've heard, the world is using more coal and natural gases and more oil than ever not less. Despite everything they've done, those people in the cult of climate change movement, despite everything they've done and all that you hear on your television news programs, and the world is actually, despite everything Greta Thunberg has tried to do, globally... We are using more coal, gas, and oil than ever before, not less. Global consumption was higher in 2022 than any time in human history and 2023. Developing countries spent hundreds of billions of dollars trying to stop oil and gas and coal. But despite the $307 billion wind and solar slush fund in the federal budget, Almost 80% of our energy still comes from organic fuels, coal, gas, and oil. So we're a very long way from this goal they have of net zero. And even here in Wyoming, our own governor went to Harvard University to speak. And at Harvard University, he said that Wyoming is not going to just get to net zero, but negative. Negative that. We're going to take even more than that out. Well, we're nowhere near that. Not even close. Worldwide, we're not even, we're, we're not using or putting less CO2 into the air. We're putting more. And remember, unlike the so-called green energy, organic fuels get no subsidies. Okay, in fact, they pay taxes. That's something you hear a lot, which is just flat out a lot. You hear this a lot. That, well, we subsidize oil companies. No, we don't. Here's what a subsidy is. A subsidy is when government comes along and takes money from the taxpayers, right, and then gives it to a company. That's a subsidy. Coal, gas, and oil, they don't get that. In fact, if anything, they are paying taxes. They get punished a lot. If they don't get any subsidies, the tax breaks they get, everybody gets some tax, every business gets a tax break if they do certain kinds of business. So if a company is going to buy new equipment, repair old equipment, hire employees, expand the business, whatever the case is, then they're allowed to write that off on their taxes. That's a tax break. 
That's all that. And every company gets that. And coal, gas, and oil gets the same breaks as everybody else. All right, but reading on here. All of this is to say that there is really, when you look at it, no global energy transition going on. Not globally, anyway. Well, there might be here in Wyoming that's been hurting our business, but globally, no. If anything, we have a transition that's going toward more coal, gas, and oil. When we take a look at what actually is going on. Now, is that what you've been told? Of course not. 916, wake up, Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Got something to say? Chat him on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app or call 888-97-WOODS. Nine twenty-two is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me, Nate and Casper. But but Google says, yeah, I think, Nate, you're reacting to what I was just saying. Despite everything you've heard worldwide, we're using more coal, gas, and oil than ever before. Now, I'm going to look into this more and do a more of a write-up on it on the Wake Up Wyoming site and talk about it some more. But that, I think that's really important. The whole idea, we've got to move to net zero. The world is not moving to net zero. Actually, the opposite of that is happening big time. Okay, Even places like you look at Germany, well, we're going to get to net zero as they put up more wind turbines and so on. Meantime, they're reopening their coal-fired power plants because the wind and solar is not only too expensive, it's providing intermittent energy. UK is doing the same thing. France is cranking up a lot of their nuclear generators. All right. California is having the darndest time with electricity. Now, we recently had here in Wyoming, well, we're having meetings right now. Hearings, I talked about earlier this morning. Hearings going on about our power company, Rocky Mountain Power, wanting to increase power up to 30%. And one of the things said in, in the hearings is, well, you know, we would be in a much worse situation if it wasn't for wind power in Wyoming, which is cheaper and more reliable. And I went, what? Where did you get that cheaper and more? Re- it's more expensive. And I can't tell you how many times I drive by wind farms and nothing's moving. It's happened a lot this summer. It's going to happen a lot this winter, too. It gets too hot, gets too cold. There's not wind moving around. And so we're not making electricity. But and this is part of what makes it more expensive and unreliable. But all right. <clears throat> the story says in front of me here. The magic juice, it ebbs, it flows. Sometimes the dang thing just shuts off. We're talking talking electricity here, right? Old-timers in Southern California, having lived in Orange County during the golden 80s and 90s, love to tell youngsters today of times when they really experienced everything cheap. Water was cheap. Land was cheap. Water bill was cheap. Taxes were low. Okay. Uh, there was a natural gas stove in the in the furnace as well, and electricity was always there, and it was cheap. That's back when living in California was good. Shine on Golden State; uh, it's a dream place, yeah. But now, of course, here we get bigger and bigger government. I don't care about your whole liberal versus conservative at this point. We get bigger and bigger government that wants to take over every little thing, and this is what happens. These people are experts in nothing. And so they lie, saying our wind and solar is going to be more reliable, more affordable, and the opposite's happening. Okay, so the story says, but here the state is. There's no fixing it anytime soon. The affordable aspect has gone up in smoke. 
as Governor Newsom of the state has chosen green dreams. So the infrastructure hasn't kept up with the state's population. That's one problem. Then, of course, there's the grandioso plans and mandates and deadlines. By the way, whatever happened to that um, high-speed rail system? How's that working out for you? They're also hamstrung by regressive progressive policies as far as uh, proper fire control, semi-arid deserts. You know, that they're not taking care of their land like they should. Every year, aging power lines fail and... When they do fail, sometimes they start fires. So, yeah, It's rinse and repeat, and California is not doing anything to fix the problem. Santa Ana winds continue to rip through parts of Southern California on Monday, prompting fire and weather warnings. And they blame human-caused climate change, but that's not the answer. Santa Ana winds have been there for, you know, a very long, before humans ever showed up. That's not the problem. Wind gusts top 40 miles an hour, which is a breeze in Wyoming. Across most of Los Angeles and Victoria County, with some gusts exceeding 60 miles an hour. Again, that's just good gas mileage on I-25 if it's at your back, or I-80, or I-90. When you get that wind at your back there, uh, at you know, with 60 mile an hour gusts, man, you're saving gas. Southern California, uh, Edison has shut off power to dozens of communities to reduce the risk of power lines out there starting fires. California's independent system, the grid operators uh, for most of the state, increasingly curtailing solar and wind power electricity generation to balance its supply and demand during rapid growth in California. So grid operators must balance supply and demand to maintain a stable electric system, which California doesn't have. The output of wind and solar generators are intermittent and, and, and pricey. Okay. So this is California's problem. They're not taking care of their grid, which is aging, and they're spending tons of money on wind and solar, which is expensive and intermittent. And so they haven't learned the lesson yet. You would think that they would have learned that lesson by now, but they still haven't learned that lesson yet. They still keep going down that rabbit hole. Now, one more story for you. The story here said Ford assured investors last week that its generous deal with the United Auto Workers Union wouldn't threaten profitability. Well, maybe the same can't be said of its electric vehicles, which lost $3.1 billion during the first nine months of this year. Now, for now, automakers are simply pumping the brakes on their electric vehicle investments. Tesla recently paused plans for a new factory in Mexico. General Motors last week scrapped the company's electric vehicle production goals saying there's just no demand for this Honda scuttled plans October 25th to manufacture electric vehicles with GM okay again there's just no market for this place Ford in the meantime is still losing money Ford joined a pile up and postponed a 12 billion dollar planned electric vehicle investment saying buyers are not willing to pay the premium They would rather buy gasoline vehicles. That's what the market is saying out there. Okay, that's just some of the stories. Maybe I can get into a little bit more tomorrow. So all of these dreams that they have not working out. We're using more, more coal, gas, and oil than ever before. And all of the subsidized things, wind and solar and electric vehicles, are falling apart on them. At some point, all of this comes crashing down. 
It'll come crashing down when they run out of your money, which they're quickly doing. Coming up on local news, update on your weather forecast. You and I get back into it. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Live and local, all across Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join in at 9.36 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Yeah, it is my favorite holiday here. Oh, real quick, Grandpa Rich, you bring up a good point. Grandpa Rich in Thermopolis sends me this note. What will the left do if the world doesn't end as the Indians profess? Now, here's a good question for you, then, because I think, Rich, the answer is kick the can down the road. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on it, but I because I've done this before. But real quick here, I'm going to call up. And see, in my climate change file that I have, the extinction clock. All right. Now, as I've read from the extinction clock before, over time, there have been many calls for how, when the world was going to end by the cults of climate change. Three years left to stop dangerous climate change, and that ended three years ago. I'm just picking some at random here. Let's go way back. Uh, Arctic summers ice-free by 2017, and that was supposed to happen six years ago. It never did. Uh, snow will be a thing of the past, uh, and that many years ago for that. Jeez. Eight years ago, Arctic to be ice-free in two years. They keep kicking that can down the road. Let's go further down. Uh, 50 million climate refugees by 2010. That, w- that was supposed to happen 13 years ago. Didn't happen. Okay. Arctic Ocean will be ice-free by 2004. They're that one, that one again. That was 19 years ago. Let's see, 33 years ago, peak ozone depletion, cancer, skin cancer, and so on. Uh, drinking water will dry up by, well, it's supposed to happen 31 years ago. So I think the answer, Grandpa Rich, is they just kicked the can down the road. It's that simple. All right, I was asked to play it again, which I will, which I was going to anyway. My all-time favorite Halloween bit. Now, most of what I do here, I produce in-house. A lot of times with the help of you folks out there, we produce funny bits, like our social justice warrior bits, stuff like that. This one, though, was not produced in-house. You can find it online. And this has to do with how to trade candy once you're done trick-or-treating. If you like Necco wafers, the original candy wafer, yeah, that's a category that really took off, there's no need to watch this video. You're going to get screwed no matter what. Same goes if you like those nasty little orange and black candies. Save yourself some time. Don't go trick-or-treating. Just eat random crap you find on the floor. And now we begin. Step one, identifying your trading partners. Children under the age of five are legally protected. That's because of Becky's Law. Named after a Wisconsin girl who traded her entire stash for a box of Good and Plenty's that her brother had convinced her were unicorn 
eggs. She cried for three and a half years. Children between the ages of five and seven are allowed a 30-second trade-back grace period. This also applies to the elderly. If you have friends or siblings with any of the following traits, they make ideal trading partners. If you don't, you'll have to get crafty. Start by determining the flavor affinity of your opponent. There are three basic classes, and each one has a weakness. Be warned that a classic strategy is to pretend that you're in the fruit and sour category while executing the Smarties Gambit for a full-size Snickers. If you'd like to download a PDF version of this chart, please look in your butt. If your opponent says that they like special darks, be kind to them. They're probably going to be your boss someday. Likewise, if they express interest in any of the oral fixation candies like wax lips, paper dots, candy cigarettes, or pop rocks, keep track of them. They're going to be fun to hang out with in college before they drop out. Step 2, pre-trade organization and preparation. Loose candy corn should be placed with your pennies. They're equally worthless. Under the new health law, ripped or unwrapped candy falls under the protection of pre-existing condition. And although they lose value, you cannot exclude them from trading. Dum-dums should be organized in complete sets, not by individual flavor. Unless, of course, you have three or more root beers, which can be set aside. Lump your three musketeers together with your Milky Ways to ferret out people that don't know the difference. Most likely, they'll confuse Crackles and Mr. Goodbars, too. Hide your Mary Janes, banana-flavored taffies, and any short-lasting bubblegums under a pile of Whoppers, Goobers, Caramel Cubes, and Red Hots. Be prepared to offer the full stack as an all-or-none trade for a Charleston Chewer grader. Although nerds are technically inert pop rocks, they should be placed in their own category. Unfortunately, Butterfingers, Almond Joy, and Mounds should be set aside for the mom and dad tax. Note that there is growing support to repeal the mom and dad tax as it hurts honest candy disclosure and might lead children to stop trick-or-treating altogether. If possible, avoid major transactions until after the election. And raisins should be burned and then peed on by your dog. Part 3, Classic Strategies. Avoid anyone who suggests dumping all the candy in a pile and rationing it out based on hunger. They are Marxists. John Maynard Keene suggested taking 40% of the candy from the children with the most, burying it in the ground, and then giving the candy poor children jobs digging it up. Or, of course, you can try the classic approach. Whatever you choose, remember that Pixie Sticks, Twizzlers, and Smarties are your workhorses. And Fifth Avenues are better than 100 grand. And as for anyone who gave you an apple, don't worry. They're going to hell. Yeah, yeah, they are. And as I keep saying every time I play that, uh, I don't get a dog to pee on the raisins. I go ahead and do it myself. There's much more satisfaction. Then there's this one that was produced in-house. Looks like you've done really well for yourself. Yeah, yeah, I've been walking all over the neighborhood farther than anyone else. Hey, what, what, what are you doing? Take my candy. Oh, you didn't earn that. Sharing is caring, you know. There are kids out there who are less fortunate and can't afford a costume this year. Yeah, well, they can go out and mow lawns and earn money like, like I did. Here you go, they were out there trick-or-treating. But they're the less fortunate. But they never left the house. I did all the work. Well, and you know, I'm afraid there's just not enough here. We're going to have to ask you to go out and get some more. But, but, be back by nine. That's bedtime. See you later. 943, it's wake one man has emerged to save Wyoming from boring morning radio. That man is Glenn Woods. This is Wake Up Wyoming on K2 Radio. 
Well, that's just as creepy as it possibly gets over there. Let's head on over to the crypt with Frank and you know. Yeah, that, that, that's lines. my that's my doorbell for the coffin. Yeah, is that what that is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you ring that thing and then we'll open right up and what do you want? Yes, yeah, hello. hello. That's, you got to start answering your door that way, Frank. Yeah, hello. On those rare occasions that somebody does. Oh, nobody does. I oh, mean, well, okay, yeah. So you become that guy who nobody ever visits after a while. Pretty much, and yeah. Just... And all the cobwebs, you know, oh around, God, around the lights yeah, and the yeah, doors, okay. you know, and stuff like you that. You know, I'm going to get worried when your office starts looking that way. Well, it does now. It does. I mean, okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Your large storage closet. Your lar- large storage closet with plenty of pieces. Would you like yeah, one? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, okay. I did put up a story. It suddenly struck me that everybody's always talking about when the zombie apocalypse happens, right? Well, I'm still waiting. I, Me too. But should it happen at some point, Frank, you are in the proper state for this. First off, more guns per capita than any other state. Yeah, but you can't kill them with guns. Yes, you can. You shoot them in the head. Then they keep they keep walking. No, no, it's got to be a headshot. Oh, yeah. You hit them in the head, blows their brains out. What's left of them, and then they're dead. That's the zombie rule there. Okay. Oh. Body shots don't count. Okay. All right. Next, bullets. Boy, we have more bullets than anyone else. So we're good there. All right. We have a lot of high ground and big prairie in between. So if they come in a horde, we just get up there and scope them in and start taking them down. I think we have too many acres for zombies to deal with in one crack unless their energy level is limitless. Right. Though they're only going a mile and a half an hour. And then they have to try to climb up to where we are. Yeah. So we got this. Now, of course, the people of Wyoming, we're not like big cities where everybody runs around scared. No, no. People of Wyoming are looking forward to this. They've been wanting and practicing for this. If you go to some shooting ranges, they have pictures of zombies up there. So we're ready. We are like ready. And we have all sorts of preppers that we have. We make our own electricity. We make our own food. So everybody else on the planet panics over this. We, on the other hand, are looking forward to it. And when we have just a few zombies left, that's when the true hunters get out there. You know, the people this time of year that go out after deer and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. they're going to enjoy finishing off the last of the zombies. So you see, you are in the best possible state, Frank. You know what? I'm not worried about it now. I'm just after hearing that. Then again, I wasn't worried about it before. Yes. Oh, oh, I see. Okay. Well, you see, Frank, it's when you finally stop paying attention that it's actually going to happen. I'm just saying. I get you on that one. College football, the Wyoming Cowboys will try and pick up the pieces after that listless effort in their 32-7 road loss to Boise State on Saturday. Considering how the Cowboys had played prior to that game, nobody really saw a performance like this coming, and it was just plain bad, top to bottom. And that loss dropped the Pokes to 5-3 and three overall, 2-2 two and two in Mountain West Conference play. And barring a complete collapse of other teams in the league, Cowboys just played themselves right out of the Mountain West Conference championship game. Against Boise State, the UW offense had just 112 yards total. 112. And the defense was repeatedly gouged by the Bronco running game, who piled up over 200 yards rushing. Plus, the defense did not register a sack. But now, what better game, really, to rebound from a disaster like that than the border war with Colorado State, which will be coming up on Friday in Laramie at 6 p.m.? No motivational speeches needed for that. 
And the Cowboys did beat CSU last year in the Board of War game, 14-13 to in Fort Collins. High school football playoffs resume on Friday and Saturday statewide with the semifinal round. In 4A, Cheyenne East will host the Troy on Saturday afternoon at 1. Sheridan will host Thunder Basin at 6 on Friday. In 3A, Evanston will go over to Cody at 7 p.m. on Friday, while Buffalo will be in Afton to meet Star Valley on Friday at 5. Over in Torrington, uh, over in 2A, Torrington will go to Mountain View at 2 p.m. on Friday. Bighorn will host Lyman at noon on Friday. In 1A, Nyman Southeast will be at Wind River Friday at 2. Big Piney travels to Lingle Fort Laramie Saturday at 1. And 1A six-man Dubois will be at Little Snake River and Bags at 2. And Camden will be at Burlington on Friday, also at 2 p.m. State High School Volleyball Tournament will begin on Thursday at the Ford Center in 4A. The two number one seeds are Thunder Basin and Cody. Thunder Basin will play Riverton in the first round on Thursday at 1 p.m. Cody will meet Cheyenne at 6. Also in 4A, Kelly Walsh plays Campbell County at 2.30. Laramie will beat Star Valley at 4.30. In 3A, Buffalo and Powell the number one seeds with Buffalo playing Worland in the first round on Thursday at 1. Paul taking on Torrington at uh, 6, 6 p.m. Also in 3A, Mountain View versus Wheatland at 2.30. Douglas will play Lyman at 4.30. Bighorn and Grable, the number one seeds in 2A. Bighorn will draw Big Piney at 1 p.m. on Thursday while Grable entertains Pine Bluffs at 6. Also in 2A, Rocky Mountain versus Tongue River and Burns will tangle with Shoshone. Finally in 1A, the number one seeds are Upton and Cokeville. Upton plays Riverside at 1. Cokeville plays Guernsey at 6. Also in 1A, uh, Little Snake River versus Hewlett at 2.30 and Southeast plays Burlington at 4.30. The semifinals will be on Friday at the Ford Center and the championship matches will be at Saturday uh, on Saturday at 4.30 in the afternoon. That's in sports. Okay, so Border War. Oh. Now, just, this is for those people who can't go and we all feel sorry for them. You, that's going to be aired. Though, yeah, right? it, it'll be always on the radio. Okay. It'll, it'll be on TV. Okay. Glenn, it's it's an enormous deal. Uh, no, and they it's, televise it's, that too. Who televises yeah, oh yeah. it? I got I got it, it changes by the week. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I know you'll you'll have it there with your sports oh, department oh, yeah. there. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. they'll be able to. Can they go to Wild Preps or do they go to some other? They, app they can too? go to seventy two twenty sports dot com. Oh, that's okay. Our, that is that's our right Cowboy our, Central. We Website. Cover the whole 7220. Okay. Sports.com. Okay. Go uh, grab some candy and watch your teeth out. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local news that we have to take care of, national news, weather forecast. Have a great Halloween. Wake up, Wyoming.